You are listening to The Illustration Conversation, a podcast that explores the potential of illustrative practice as a tool to discover our identities. The podcast features an organic and meandering dialogue between illustrators at different stages of their journey. So we invite you now to get comfortable wherever you are and drift through the memories and moments that transformed our guests into the practitioners that they are today. Hello and welcome to the Illustration Conversation podcast. My name's Maisie Noble. I'm a practicing illustrator and I'm also a senior lecturer and year one leader on BA Illustration and Visual Media at London College of Communication. This podcast aims to explore our discipline from different perspectives, bringing together students and industry practitioners to join in conversation about what it's like to be a practicing illustrator today. We would like to demystify the nature of contemporary illustration and learn more about how it can be an empowering tool for the liberation of our identities and cultures. So we've paired up some of our students and recent graduates with a practitioner that they aspire to and asked each of them to create an image that signifies a crucial moment on their journey to becoming illustrator. Through meandering and organic conversation, we hope to unpick these images and understand the important moments in our contributors' lives that led them down their chosen path. You can see these images on our podcast cover art and via the links in our show notes. Today on the podcast, we've got two wonderful guests in conversation with each other. So we've got Lang Lang Lo, also known as Mushroom. Uh, So she's a practicing illustrator and she will be in conversation with Becca Chan Jenling, who is a recent graduate of illustration and visual media. So I'm going to hand over now to our guests to introduce themselves. They'll do a much better job of it than I have. Um, And would you like to uh, start Mushroom by telling us a little bit about yourself and your practice? Hi guys, my name is Nanyang Lo and everyone call me Mushroom. I'm a senior designer in the tech company and I've been um, in London and I've been working in the industry for eight, nine years. So I've been like beside illustration, I've been learning like 3D animation and some interactive stuff. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Mushroom. And Becca, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Becca. I'm a third year illustration student, but I've just graduated, as Macy said, and I'm interested in exploring themes of identity, but also um, multiple image making techniques. So like photography or digital illustration. um, And I've been exploring a little bit of animation as well. Great. Thank you both for introducing yourselves. So, Becca, I'm going to hand over to you to start the conversation. And I wonder if you'd like to start by talking about um, the image that Mushroom has created um, as a prompt for this conversation. Yeah, so I'm looking at the image now and I see it's it's like you in a room. You're next to a cabinet yeah um you seem to be looking at like a small like a small sketchbook like a notebook and you're by yourself there's like a little bit of 
light peeking through from a curtain. Mm -hmm. um, but as I look up, like above the lamp, is that like a spider? Like spider's legs? <laughs> There's, uh, those are actually plants, the leaves. Oh, plants. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know um, the positioning make it look like, oh, it might be something creepy behind the curtain, but yes. Yeah, I don't know. The, the feeling I get from this image is like, it's like someone, the girl there who I presume is you, um, yeah, that's me. you know, drawing in isolation. But at the same time, because the yellow light is shining on you, it's sort of like a feeling of comfort or yeah. like a feeling of solace. It's um, my little oasis. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And w when I saw this image, it actually really reminded me of when I was young and when I got into illustration for the first time, because for me, my brother and sister are a lot older than me. So oftentimes mm -hmm. I was alone and art was like a really good avenue for me to express myself or like entertain myself I guess without without having uh to be with anyone else so I was wondering yeah. if if that's what you felt in this image as well yeah actually so the background of the image is like this is my uh grandparents home mm -hmm. and there's basically uh, a little study room in the corner of the house that my grandpa owns so in the cabinet there's his collections of stuff mm. and we're living in the Chinese countryside. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like that's why you see the cabinet and the collections kind of in a Chinese traditional mm. style. And then the thing that I'm reading, I know it's really hard to see, but there's uh, something called Lian Huang Hua. They're like traditional Chinese comics. So they normally, the story is about like uh, monsters. Uh, you know the what's this thing called? Monkey King, the Monkey King, like oh yeah, I know that. Travel to it's... the West, and then yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know just traditional stories. Sometimes can be even quite ridiculous ones, mm -hmm. like like uh, Transformer fighting Monkey King or Transformer fighting Sailor Moon, those kind of thing. So yeah. I would just like get really got into those. Oh, how could you make stuff like that? Even those quality are not super nice, but. I think this kind of like uh, my, my opening door to realize actually somebody draws stuff as a career. And I just feel like um, maybe I can someday tell a story using my drawings, using my pen as well. So yeah, and uh, since I'm the single child in my family, so that's why I was just spend a lot of time alone, just, you know, in a small place reading books and playing with random stuff that's, that's a moment do you have any favorites <sighs> too much too many like i would say i'm actually very into sci-fi so I, I actually my uh my favorite series is ghost in the shell not the movie ghost one the, the film mm. one is not really good but yeah really dedicated like the concept how your goals can live uh, in the internet world, especially because the company is created in the 80s. At that mm. point, the internet is not really, you know, it's not really a thing. But you can already perceive how the future might be, like, um, like how you can be so free in that internet world. It's just really amazing. Yeah. Oh, it kind of sounds like Ready Player One. Like that. Kind of. I, I would yeah. say they definitely take some inspirations from there. Yeah, mm. those kind of VR world. Yeah. 
Shall we look at your image? Or... Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. So I can see that you're wearing a red jumper, yellow mm. dress, and then looking at, uh, I think it looks like a, a children's book or a book that with a field and the blue clear sky with cloud on it. But very surprisingly, you're tearing the book apart and there are a lot yeah. of like colors flowing, like coming out from the broken pages and from the page. And also like your, your face, your face actually like is smiling. So, <laughs> so I wonder <laughs> what were you thinking at that point? Yeah. Yeah. So actually this is an image. Okay. So initially I was going to create another image of me drawing in a cafe on a napkin um, mm. and like a pen that I, I always ask like waiters and waitresses for a pen every time I go to a cafe, especially when I was younger. Um, just so I could draw and like mm. my favorite my favorite places are those that have um, you know the the free math paper menus that are playing at the back so you can draw I see so I was gonna draw that but then I thought actually the first moment when I felt drawn to image making or drawn to the visual world in general was mm -hmm. when I was about four years old and you know much to my mom's horror our favorite pastime of mine was just tearing up like the really pretty <laughs> pages of illustrated books yeah or like of any books even my brother and sister's textbooks like if they had illustrated photos inside or they had anything that I thought was pretty I would tear uh -huh. it up and like collect them because I, I wanted see. yeah I just I loved the images and I wanted to keep them so Are I think like, that was large at that point already not even I think I just maybe I also like the process of you know destroying and <laughs> and ripping yeah. like yeah I quite like that so <laughs> at one point my sister had to ban me out of her room and she even did uh -oh. like a keep Becca out sign which I also ripped up in the end <laughs> much to her horror so yeah that was the start of my my illustration I see. And you were around four years old at that point, right? Around four. Yeah. And may I ask, where did this happen? Like This was uh, in Singapore. So this okay. was, yeah, either in my brother or sister's rooms, just tearing <laughs> their your school books. Book. <laughs> yeah, my own book. Amazing. Yeah. My happy face. <laughs> yeah, I can see you're really satisfied in that. And then, like, what encouraged you to start to pick up your own pen and start drawing then? Hmm. I think for me, again, like I said, I I was often alone growing up since my brother and yeah. sister were much older. So maybe I've always had a... Hmm. I've always been drawn to making stuff with my hands. I'm a very, like, tactile person. Oh, yeah. For, I know that. Yeah, thing. like I'm yeah. I, yeah, like I love touching textures or just like feeling the world around me. So I think it's very natural to, you know, get a piece of paper and start painting. Mm. Um I remember one moment that really sticks out to me was when I was in art class, or I think it was like a free period or something in fifth grade. And yeah. everyone was making stuff or like drawing things. And I I had an idea of making a rainbow. But I didn't want the rainbow to be 2D. I wanted it to be 3D. So I like wow. I drew a rainbow on a piece of paper. I cut it out. And then I actually made the arc. 
of the rainbow and stuck it on the paper and I remember my teacher complimenting me and being like oh wow like you're the only person who did something 3D that's really cool and I felt like out of the box yeah 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 I felt like a a little a little flare of pride I guess and I think that's ignited my my love for creating even more after that is I think that every child honestly has an innate desire to create like it's just as you get older I think it's something that people tend to shy away from after a while Uh uh, and tend to feel like more embarrassed maybe about about the stuff that they make because it's quite vulnerable like I think probably for same for writing or like singing you we used Mm. to be so expressive just saying whatever we want, writing whatever we want, like putting words that are not supposed to be together and make a poetry that looks very unique. And nowadays we just, we're just afraid of doing that because we learn certain rules and we just put ourselves in those boxes and just making the creativity a little bit harder for us. Yeah. I'm yeah. actually thinking like, like, because I was grew up in China and, and the, mm. the art education in China is quite different. So I started, well, I mean, I get series of drawing in um, middle school. So around 13, 14 years old. And then mm. at that point, you have to choose what do you really want? What kind of major you want to learn in your high school? And I chose art. So I kind of dedicate myself to learn like how to draw properly from sketching, life drawings, like colors, learning all those theories. Like at that at that at that point, the the, the only goal of the class is like you have to draw exactly like the reference and try to be mm. as realistic as possible. And then I'm just wondering whether there's the same in like Singapore or in like the UK, the, the educate the early education system like. Is it is it different the method or? Uh, well, I only lived in Singapore for five years when I was I from five, yeah, or from zero to five. So I didn't get to experience um, like the art education there. But I did I my sixth form college in Muscat, which is uh-huh. in Oman, so like around the Middle East. Uh, I was in a British school, so I did A levels, and I remember my teacher telling me. Um, you know, like you really need to break out of your stringent habits of trying to make everything super perfect. Uh-huh. And like basically it was her goal to try and break me <laughs> that year, which she really did in the end because she was like an amazing teacher. But yeah, for me, I growing up, I always had this idea of, like, yeah, I guess perfection in my work. And it would show it would it would come about when I was. Uh, drawing in my sketchbooks and if I didn't like a piece of artwork I would like rip out the mm-hmm. papers from my sketchbook to the point where the sketchbook would become so thin and yeah I'm oh, glad that I, I don't do that you anymore don't, you but, don't have an archive yeah. of your like your growing history like I, know. I feel like that's very interesting to see because I feel like all the failures that's the stepping stone of your success yeah. oh I wish you had those so you can just look up look back at some time I mean, yeah. no, luckily, my mom actually kept those images wow, in a nice. box safe away. So I still do have some images from when I was younger. But in my own sketchbooks, it was definitely just so thin. And 
again that's coming from someone who likes image making imagine somebody who who doesn't and they might still have this idea of perfection which will get in the way as he said of of growth and of yeah exploring did you ever have that growing up or is that something you battled with as an artist I, i have similar idea but my approach is not tearing them apart i just start on the new sketchbook and then through two three pages and then I don't like it anymore I just switch to another sketchbook so I just have loads of sketchbook like half finished Same. or only have two three pages drawn just yeah. I feel like I really want because because they're always like a lot of uh like sketchbook reference on the internet they're really well made each page mm-hmm. is like perfect kind of perfect sketches which is like it's so hard to achieve couldn't yeah. do it yeah I, I remember there was a one period in college I do like sketching every day. I can't mm. use that time. I still have those sketchbooks though. I do feel like finding the inspirations from daily life just bit by bit is so useful. I still feel yeah. like when I go back to those, there's, there's still a lot of great ideas in there. I just mm. need to somehow bring them to life. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Sometimes I love going back to my old sketches and reworking them or like doing something new with them. Yeah. Because like you said, you know, the concept is still there, the idea is is great, but Yeah. like now that your skills have improved, you can elevate it into something completely yeah. new. Yeah. It kind of like what I saw on Instagram is that people doing uh the sketch uh the drawing I did 5 years ago and the drawing I did now, they just look well, the same concept, but you can see how far you're being improved. So it's quite interesting. So what kind of project have you been doing now then? So my recent project was um, a poetry slash illustration project. Mm-hmm. And it was basically me going around London and asking people about the bizarre dreams or recurring dreams that they've had. And mm-hmm. then I would change that into an interpreted poem slash illustration and I have a website called whimsicalnonsense.net where people can also submit their dreams and yeah this was my first project in which I combined illustration and poetry together uh, because creative writing is something that I've sort of dabbled with um, for the past year or so and I really wanted my last final major project to to incorporate that and I think I think it went pretty well in the end so I was really happy with it yeah yeah and yourself myself um I've just been learning a new 3d software called blender it's a it's a first software that I discovered that is like uh you can it can buy all the workflow in 3d um like you can build models you can do um like uh, textures, baking, like simulations, and also like compositing, and it's a open source software. It's just the first time I found out I can use a three D uh, as a my pen as well, because because the process I started in is like I you just use simple blocks to do the composition, like how I would do in a you know when we do the illustration, the first step you just nail down the composition to really figure out the layout first and then you just go into the details and then you will realize and most of the time because because my illustration is quite flat I I don't have too much details 
of the whole drawing or I just have quite a lot of detail in the main character or the thing that I want you to focus on. And all the things in the background, they just faded away to very simple shapes or just like very simple textures. And uh, now I realize I can do that as in 3D world. That's just amazing because all I learned before, all I people kind of try to teach me is that you have to start with a very, like, specific, like very, very detailed model. And then you just don't know how to use it. And now I just, I just let the background to be cubes or just simple geometric shapes. And then I just put a lot of detail to the front part, which just really blow my mind how, how I can do things differently. And then mm. I, I think there's something, I mean, same for the illustration. If you're just trying to draw everything, like the whole image has become so, so flat you just don't know where to lay your eyes you don't have focus mm. anymore you don't have the flow in the drawing to direct people so yeah i think that's something that i recently kind of realized it and then trying to do again and also doing some sound design for my animations really fun as well oh sound design do, do you use like a specific program or like technique for that or uh, I mean, at the moment, most of the, because I just started doing it, um, I just use After Effects, although they are not the perfect sound editing tool. Mm-hmm. But like for my small looped animation, like 20 seconds is totally good enough. I mean, some, like I have most of the sound, well, from, I have a library of sound effects, but mm-hmm. if they're sometimes necessary, I would do some sound using my mouth, like, because cause I making a series just uh like daily object, like you have a pudding, you have a spoon hitting the pudding, then you would go bang bang mm. those kind of sound, and then there's a bubble the bang coming out as well, or like you have a fish like flipping the tail, hitting the cutting board, you just go bing 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 bing, so you have the bing 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 coming out as well, so. <laughs> If I cannot find the sound in any library, I'm just making it using my mouth and try to edit it. So, yeah. I love that. It adds it's like fun. a new personal dimension to your work as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I ju- I'm just trying to combine illustration, like animation, and all the things I kind of learned together to see what kind of piece I can create. I think, yeah, illustration is not just about imagery. It can be just so much more things and yeah it's always nice to combine other discipline into your technique just because we have so many like there's so many like great things around us movies like um games like comics animations they're just so many inspirations and i would say just just i think it's is we should just take like learn from those and then mm. not just limited to uh, static image and books yeah yeah is is there um like a common misconception that people have whenever you tell them what your occupation is like non-illustrator friends like wh- what do they think that you do for a living they i think they thought my job is like uh playing with cat and then draw on <laughs> using color pencil to draw on paper um like once in a while <laughs> but that's very different from the reality yeah i know 
Yeah. Actually, I think he actually has a lot of part involved with like talking to the client or talking to people in the team to figure out what their goal is. And they will try to give you some solutions, but not all the time there's a good idea that they're trying to give you. And because there are so many formats that you can choose from, then you have really have to do the investigation and then like rationalize what, how, what's the time limit, what's the budget, and really try to figure out what's the best way to do things. What would you say to somebody who likes illustration? They they feel like they're good at it, they excel at it, um, but maybe might not be ready for the commercial world. Or like, okay, don't you feel like there's always this pressure to monetize our hobby? Mm, I think hobby can be just a simple hobby. To be fair, I I I wouldn't say like everybody can necessarily be an illustrator. Just yeah. like we like to sing, but not everybody. Can be a singer. I mean, yeah. to 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 like something and to use something, to make something as a career. I think it it re- it told it, it depends how much dedication you wanted to put in, how 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 much you really wanted to use it as your career, and mm. and how much time and how much money that you can actually put in, and. A lot of time, like you, if you don't have the passion, if you don't have the love for this industry, you probably just can't continue. You just quit and do something else. I would say, but I, I would say, as long as you keep working hard and try to do the research before you're doing any project, not just because I think like the important thing is like, uh, you have to find a way to earn money from it because. The money will be the best thing to encourage you to go in. You have to f- find a model that's prof- profitable in order to keep you to go on. Otherwise, at some point, your your passion will run out. You have to think about the life. So, I think that's the toughest part. Mm. Yeah, I I can see you look very <laughs> a little bit sad on your face at the moment. <laughs> No, what I was are you just considering at this moment. Um, hmm. I guess I'm just thinking about, yeah, working as you know either a freelance illustrator or working for a design company or working, uh, in house somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I guess I'm trying to think like which one would be best for me. Um, did did you work freelance before? I worked freelance for one year. How was that? I also worked in the agency for like three years or so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think they can be quite different. So the agency, like, you have quite a lot of challenge because normally they are very fast paced, and you will have multiple like projects going from different brand at the same time, and the type of work that you are helping. Is can be quite different as well. It also depends on the studio size. Uh, you might be doing multiple stuff, like you not just doing illustration. You might be doing some presentation, branding stuff as well, just to in order to help out. Um, I find it that's a very fast way to grow, like especially for the early stage. 
but at some point you you feel like uh, you're just especially for the um advertisement studio because that's the part that gives the studios the most money like events advertisements and you just feel running out of steam feeling like um I'm just doing things for other people. I'm mm. advertising something that maybe I've never tried, I've never seen, I've never touched. So you just feel like you want to do something else. And maybe at that point, at least for me, I chose to do freelancing. But I found out the time is extremely difficult to manage. You're either like very, very busy. You have like two or three deadlines in one week or you either have no work like could be for one week two weeks or even for months that's totally that that's something might happen so i think the challenge for whoever wanted to be a freelancer that will be then you have to find a way to balance your life and also to stay very calm even like for example there are just no job coming in in like a month so what you're going to do are you could you still feel like to find out what your goal is, to find a way to kind of reach out to people, try to find more clients. And also, if you're a freelancer, then you have to think about all the contracts you will be dealing, like all the texts that you have to think about. Like those are all really realistic problems. And But I would say, like if you, I mean, it's totally doable. It's just like probably not suitable for everyone. But I do have some friends that's really successful, like a freelancer, and they started their own illustration studio. So, yeah, I mean, also collaboration is a way if you can find like uh, that f- people that are really good at doing the accountant or like contracting that, like, or you have a group of friends, you can always think about how can we try to be a, a creative collective so we can help out, which with the work that we got and just take turn to deal with the text and also the um, like contrast stuff. So that that's a way to do it as well, I think. Do you feel like you thrive more in a freelance setting or working for a company? I would say that's probably not a good way for me to do things. Like for, for mm. that year, I actually ended up felt really burned out because one, uh, in one hand, I worry about the money constantly. Yeah. And secondly, I was just feeling really alone to working uh, because freelancing, you, yeah. like, not necessarily, like, when your friends are all working, you probably have loads of free time. And maybe yeah. during the weekend, they're having their free times. You are, like, working, working till 3 a.m. Oh in the morning trying to catch the deadline. So, yeah. So, yeah i tried it and maybe i will try it again at some point but at the moment i will just keep yeah walking in the studio it's Mm. easier for me personally yeah have you ever tried like freelancing do you do you find the experience um suitable for you Mm. i mean now that i'm in my holidays at the moment it feels like i'm freelancing (laughs) Like, I have a few projects here and there that I'm doing for people, but, you know, nothing super official. But I think for me personally, I would definitely like to work for some sort of organization or company. Mm -hmm. 
um yeah my dream would be like publishing but yeah just because it can feel very isolated like you said like it's a very solo life freelancing and I feel like that type of career path is really romanticized and pushed in art school especially you know they're always giving talks and like how to freelance which is good because a lot of people do want to freelance in uh like for people who go to art school but I think for me personally yeah freelancing is not necessarily what I want right now I'm on my summer holidays and it feels like I'm freelancing because I've just graduated and there's no sort of uni project that I have to do and I am doing a few projects here and there for other people like I'm doing an album cover for my friend who makes music thank you Ah. and uh yeah like it's I think it's fun to um have your own control over the work that you want to create and like you can pick and choose your projects very very specifically for sure but yeah, for me, I, I would really love to work in like a publishing mm. house or like an organization whose like ethics really align with mine. Because I think, yeah, like what you were saying about being in a design agency and then creating advertisements for, I don't know, like a company that you don't even really use or a company that who makes products that you don't really agree with. I just mm. feel like I wouldn't feel fulfilled with that I don't know the the values would really have to align with mine is that something that yeah like you have struggled with in the past like you've taken into consideration at all um I say in some in some extent yes for sure I do feel like especially um nowadays I feel most ad is trying to tell to buy more stuff or they're all money related and they're more or less consumerism even the ones telling you to stop buying stuff ended up would try to teach you teach you another way of living to to buy one mm-hmm. stuff so you can get rid of other stuff so yeah. yeah i think um i think yeah that's that's why i feel like uh even you got into a like um, company or agency if you have free time you can still do your passion project so I'm just um, this on my own time, just doing something for charities and always just trying to reach out to charity organizations to say we want to do like um, at the moment, um, just reaching out to another charity organization. Because I think we're going to have the Pride in London in September. So just trying to prepare something for that event. Mm-hmm. Actually, I would say, like, what's your ideal situation of working? You said you want to be in the publishing, but what kind of, like, do you want to be the person that creates uh, content or you want to be the person, like, what kind of position you see yourself in then? I My dream position would be, like, a book designer for mm-hmm. a publishing company. So... Yeah, just the illustrator that that makes the the covers that makes people want to buy the books. Nice. <laughs> That's what I would like to do. Yeah. Um, book designer. Yeah, book designer. Yeah, I would yeah. love to be in the publishing industry. Um, <laughs> Although you are the you are the person tearing books down, though. 
You know, I know. the person tearing books <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a publisher's nightmare, but <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I've I've uh, long passed that stage now. Don't yeah. tear the books anymore. Now I just doggy ear the corners, which you yeah. know to some people is just as bad. But... Oh yeah, my partner doesn't like that at all. I have absolutely <laughs> fine. Yeah, it's just like a book should be read and get. If if you print the knowledge in your head, then the book itself, like, it, you should be happy that it becomes so used. So that's my theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a lovely idea to end on. And it nods back to something that you both mentioned at the start of the conversation, actually, around perfectionism. So from my perspective, all of the books that we own, the drawings we make, Uh, are working documents and it's a really human thing to handle them and to leave marks on them and in a way I think all of those traces of our touch are sort of records of the interaction like with these objects in our life um it's time to wrap up so I wonder if you could both leave us with your most useful nugget of advice so maybe something that you would say to illustrators or students at the beginning of their journey um mushroom do you want to start um, I'm just going to steal one of my favorite illustrations work. He was saying like, uh, so athletes, they practice eight hours a week, uh, eight hours a day. And all the great musicians, they practice. So that's nothing different from illustrator. The most important thing you need to do is like sit on your, sit in front of your desk and try to draw every day, even just one or two hours per day and try to do it. Just do it. Then you will you'll find out you are getting better. And then don't think about where you're actually going to end it up. Just try to enjoy the process and you will be the place that you want to be. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. And Becca, what would your piece of advice to new illustrators be? My piece of advice for new illustrators, apart from practice, which I think is really good advice for Mushroom, I would say consume good illustration like your information diet for your visual world should be really rich and should be really diverse and you should be looking at artwork that you think looks good as well and you know try and emulate it for the first few times you start practicing because that's really really important in the development of your own style later on um oftentimes like my teacher would tell me to look at a few artists and emulate their styles. But then, you know, after practicing their styles and combining them together, you start to create something new and something different just organically. So I would definitely say, yeah, look at good artwork. Amazing. That's lovely, Becca. Thank you. Um, So I really enjoyed hearing you both talk today. Thank you so much for coming in to speak on the podcast. So listening to you compare your experiences of illustration and recount your own narratives from different points in your career and different perspectives has been really engaging. I hope you both discovered something new about yourselves and learned from each other because I definitely did from both of you. And Becca, I think you're going to come and read some of your poetry for us in a mini episode. So listeners, please seek that out because Becca's poetry is absolutely beautiful. I'll put links to both of your websites and social media in the show notes. And I really encourage anybody listening to go and look at the illustrations that Becca and Mushroom have made for today's episode, as it really adds a whole new dimension to the conversation. So thank you once again to today's guests, 
Becca Chang Jengling and Lang Lang Lo, aka Mushroom. And thank you for listening, everybody. Please go and check out our other episodes. And if you want to find out more, you can follow the link to our website. <laughs>